Welcome to episode 16 of the One Life Podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. Our mission at One Life is to inspire you to take risks, dream big, and to live your life on purpose. And on today's episode, we have a blast from the past, an old friend of mine, Christina Pyle, who was on this little reality TV show with me on MTV called Road Rules. <laughs> it was so much fun having Christina on, catching up with her and hearing about the work she's doing now that she's so passionate about, making a huge impact in the world around her. Really awesome episode. You know, it's neat to sit down with somebody who did life with you when you're 22 years old. <laughs> and then you fast forward some 15 years plus to hear what's happened in your life, how you've grown, what you've walked through, and how you're trying to impact the world today. It's, it's pretty neat, especially when you both end up in good places. <laughs> <laughs> We're so thankful for that. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. We love Christina. She is super passionate about helping those who maybe don't have a voice in society and really standing up and making a big difference. And I'm glad that she's going to share some of that with us today. And I can't wait for you to hear about it. Exactly. I learned so much from this episode from Christina. I loved her before, but man, after this conversation, I just love her even more. Her story is so incredible, y'all. And as you listen today, you will quickly understand why Christina was chosen from millions. I mean, one of six out of millions of people who auditioned for this little bitty reality show called Real World and Road Rolls. Blah, that's a hard thing to say. MTV Road Rolls and Real World. Say it real fast. Yeah. Everybody say it. Roll, 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 roll. Yeah. No, but there's a reason. You will soon hear for yourself. She's incredible. Not only is she amazingly charming and wonderful, but she's also very authentic and super passionate about life and people, serving people and loving people well. It's amazing. Yep. Guys, get ready. It is going to be a good one. Here is our good friend, Christina Pyle. All right, guys, you're in for a special treat today. Yay! You get to hear from someone who got to be a really cool journey with me early on in my life. I think my hair wasn't quite as gray as it was then, but uh, we've got the amazing Christina Pyle in there. Christina, how are you doing today? I'm feeling positive. Hello, everyone. Hi, Chris. Oh, Hi, Jenny. Hi, Christina. So excited to have you. I know. The Christina the Pyle. Christina. The famous, amazing Christina Pyle. Yeah. So excited. Only to my friends and uh, family. <laughs> hey, that really, honestly, that's all that really matters. That's so, right. That's totally what matters. All right. So, how in the world do we know you? How'd this go down? Um. How'd this, this friendship start? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I think it might have been around 2004 on a little show called Road Rules on a little mm. network called MTV. It's a fledgling network, you know, just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I met you on the show. You came on and replaced a character and you came onto the show like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> and you came on with a mission, a mission to change hearts and minds. You came on with a mission to win. And I think that you you really emerged as like the big brother on the show and definitely a big brother figure to me. Before you came on the show, I wasn't truly comfortable. You're being recorded. Right. Um, you have a camera crew. You have all of these larger-than-life personalities, some narcissists. Um, <laughs> most most then, all of us. <laughs> most I mean, at some level, that's how you get on that show. Right. You know. But then, Chris, you came on and you – you were just such a kind soul, and I just immediately felt like comfortable being in these foreign countries on different continents with a camera crew. I had my big brother rolling with me, so that's so that's cool. how I met you. Yeah. So cool. No, it was it was mm -hmm. so great. You were such a blessing for me when I showed up because I'm going. You're right. There, there really is a camera in your face. Like 
forever. It's like mm-hmm. they're just always there. Yeah, yeah. And so yes. it was great to st- I, it's so unusual. Yeah. I never had a sister. So it was kind of <laughs> fun to kind of have you as a sister Aww. and a friend. It was it was one of those wild rides and I just am so thankful that we got to do it. And it just it opened so many doors and helped me learn so much about myself and the world. And gosh, what a what a great ride. And it's funny how people still want to talk about that even today, years and years after it. No, I, I mean, I think it definitely shaped, I can't speak for you, but I think it definitely shaped my trajectory and getting to do the work, the purpose-driven work that I'm doing now. That was a chance to explore myself, <laughs> take right. a huge risk to put myself out there in front of 20 million viewers. Oh, no um, Yeah, no travel to places I could never afford right. and never saw myself going and then befriending this guy with white hair right. on the show. <laughs> This was, it was truly a moment. So amazing. That's awesome. Well, Christina, talk a little bit. People always love hearing stories about this experience because it's so unique and obviously, you know, something special that you guys got to do. Talk a little bit about your experience on Road Rules, how you were cast on the show, and maybe share some of your favorite stories from that experience. Well, I often sit back and like, why did they cast me? Because, (laughs) you know, at the time, it's like (laughs) roughly 50,000 people auditioning nationwide. Right. I mean, there's a running saying that it's easier to get into Harvard than it is to get selected for the show. Because at the end of it, they're picking six people for real world. They're picking seven people for road roll. So you don't really think you have a shot at getting on this show, but If I'm putting myself in the mind of a casting director, you know, I think they were looking for people who were different, who could break through the clutter, who were disruptors, people who were big personalities and confident in their own skin. So I think that they found that in me. (laughs) At the time of getting casted, I was going to school in Michigan. Uh, It was a campus of 40,000 students. I'm one of few students of color on campus. And in my program, I'm studying aviation flight science at the time. I'm the only woman in the program. So I think the mixture of being one and only in a lot of the different spaces of playing sports, flying planes, and being unapologetically myself, I think that had to do with getting cast. Yeah, only African-American woman at this program. And okay, well, I want to get to your story here in a second. But before I do it, I would love to hear from you. Like, what did you love? Like, what was a favorite story or an experience that we walked through that you you often will reflect on? Because I think sometimes it can be a blur. And what's great is they're on YouTube now. Somebody posted about like we got them on like a VHS tape. I'm like, I don't even know if I could. I don't. I couldn't even watch those now. I don't even know where the. I think they might be my mom. People listening are like, what is a VHS VHS tape? (laughs) Kids, a VHS is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, whippersnappers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, what, like, for you, like, what were some of your like big takeaways for you that you go, man, that was something I just always think back on. It was such a fun experience. Travel is very close to my heart. Um, mm-hmm. You know, since this experience, I've tried to see as many countries and continents as possible. You know, we are traveling to Fiji, and we're in. New Zealand, and we're on the North and South Island, and we're in Tahiti, and traveling around and meeting all of these different cultures and all these different people. And and uh-huh. I, so I just think meeting all of these different people, the six different personality types that we had on the show was an amazing experience in understanding how to work in teams in the future. You know, how, how do you work with these people who are so different from you with such different backgrounds, and how do you come together under a common goal? 
Great. And then, you know, speaking of the challenges, at one point we were in New Zealand. We were in a town called Thai Happy and we were jumping, we were bungee jumping some, I don't know how many feet. It up. was high. It <laughs> was high. Yeah. We're bungee like jumping. 250 or 260? 200. It was, it was Can high. Can we say 400? The, I think it was four, <laughs> a thousand? It was, yeah. like a th- it was the highest bungee jump in the world. You can whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're bungee jumping in this town and they blindfold you and you're jumping onto your teammate who's reaching out for you. And if you don't reach out and catch them, you you fall and you just ha- you have to go back up and do it again. I think we had so many of these wild experiences. Where do I start? Chris, give me one. Yeah. Oh, man. I, you know, I think the show was so great. I think the stuff we did on the glacier was really cool. That was, oh, yes. you know, you get helicoptered onto a glacier and you do an obstacle course. I mean, you talk about <laughs> things you could never pay for or do on your yes. own. Yeah. Yes. That was just the crevasse. Yeah, Fox Glacier, all that. So, I mean, that was just so, I, I think even just the whole idea of, when we say RV, I think, you know, what's great is some of the ones that went before us got to have like these big, beautiful, plush RVs. We lived <laughs> in this little tiny European one that was so small and smelled so bad. It was so bad. It, it was. But it was, I remember the night uh, after we finished the challenge with the old world campus crawl. And then we came, but we were so tired. We hadn't slept all night. And then we get into the RV and they're like, yo, your AC's busted. <laughs> and we sweat. It was, the, I've never sweat so much in my life. It was like, wow. yeah, that was like not funny. Oven. I think one of the things for me that one of my favorite parts was, and I, I think you went with us that day is when we, we talked the camera crew into getting in like a kayak yep. and it was off when we were done filming and we went and said, Hey, there's apparently there's these stingrays. Like you go mm-hmm. and there's these stingrays. And we went to this remote, we're like, don't feed the stingrays. We're like, forget it. You we're, broke the law. We totally yeah. broke the law, international oh, law or something. Oh, man. Remember that? You remember that? Absolutely. The people, they knew the ecosystem, and we just went out there. These stingrays were about like four feet wide. Oh, they're huge. And I remember them saying that they're the golden retrievers of the ocean. They're actually quite friendly. And you and I are like, oh, yeah, golden retriever. But we did it. We said yes. It was our year of yes. Right. Oh, it was amazing. I, I And unfortunately, I never got to see that on the show. But it was one of my favorite times when these big, huge black masses just kind of swimming up to you at the shore. You're like, oh. This is a friendly thing. Mm-hmm. And then years later, you hear that Steve Irwin passed away because of one. But no big I deal. Know. I mean, it's oh, totally. They're bar- I mean, they're barbs. <laughs> yeah. Are- Rub across For your hand like barbed wire. It's just, it's yeah. amazing that we uh, we trusted yeah. that situation. <laughs> I know, right? We're like, we had no clue, but it was it was awesome, man. It was such a great experience. So, one of the things I, I want to talk about a little bit is talk about being up in Michigan. But you're not from Michigan. Tip, give us a little bit more of your story, a little background, family, kind of where you come from. Well, I'm from Tampa, Florida, which is the South. And you can't tell me otherwise. It's the South. Okay. It's real. And I come from parents who really, it was really simple in our household. They believed in faith. They believed in our family and family closeness. They believed in education and they believed in travel as an extension of your education. So my parents were by no means, you know, wealthy people, but they wanted us to live in the best neighborhoods to go to the best schools. So that was very important Mm -hmm. to them. So I grew up going to schools with a lot of affluent and wealthy kids. And I was, again, one of the onlyest and the loneliest, as I like to say. Um, So I'm one of the only kids of color at my school. 
and that kind of left me feeling very different and very mm-hmm. other, sometimes isolated. And I just felt, I've, you know, honestly, I felt at times that I wasn't white enough and I wasn't rich enough. But I would go home to parents who were very proud of where they came from, very proud of our struggle as a community, and very proud to be Black in America. So I'm at home with this richness and culture and this pride. I go to school and I feel shame. I feel shame for not being rich enough. I feel shame for not being white enough. And I think those early experiences left an impression on me that really set in motion the work that I would be doing right now and making sure that other people didn't have to feel different and alone and leaning into their differences as a strength. So, you know, that's who I am. That's where I came from. Uh, I went to school in Michigan. I've lived in New York for 10 years. New York is the epicenter of culture. It's a collision of culture. And it, it has really helped me to understand and to love myself and to forgive myself and to appreciate other people in other cultures. That's so good. You know, hearing the story of you sharing now and what you're a part of, that's just a, another piece of how what you're doing and how you're impacting people with what you're passionate about is just so important. And so mm-hmm. what I love is that your heart is in the right place. You're fired up and you're passionate about really helping people have a voice that maybe don't feel like they necessarily have a voice, mm-hmm. but you're not, you're not bitter about it. You're going for it. You see the mission in front of you. And so just give us a little bit more about like what you're doing day in, day yeah. out, how you're fighting, who you're fighting for and what that looks like. So I work with an organization called Add Color, whose mission first started out to add color in creative industries where there was a lack of lack of diversity and a lack of representation of people of color, of women in leadership positions, and mm-hmm. really an opportunity for all voices and all people. So, um, so I cool. work. Thank you. I work with this organization to build communities of color, of diversity champions, of people who want to feel like they belong. I, we build these communities where people say they don't exist. And we started off in the advertising industry. That's why our name is Ad Color. Gotcha. See what we did there? Yeah. Yeah, So smart. (laughs) Yeah, wow. We started off with this industry. We walked in 11 years ago, and the industry looked like the television show Mad Men. And Mad Men is supposed to be a period piece in the 1950s, 1960s. But fast forward to present day, and our industry still looked like that. It still had only white men in positions of influence and power. And we felt like something was wrong. So we set out to create more opportunity for women and people of color in this space, in the creative space. And we have grown from an organization into a conference, into an award show, into a leadership development for young leaders. And really, we've emerged as a movement that is galvanizing other industries as well. Advertising, technology, media, marketing, entertainment. When you look under the hood, we are all lacking in representation and creating fair opportunities for women and people of color. And that's, that is what we set out to do and to change. That's incredible. I love that so much. Yeah, it, it's such a huge need. And, yeah. you know, I mean, you, you and I have talked about it briefly, especially through the years. I mean, I, I grew up in a really small town, Indiana, and I think there was not a lot of diversity and there was not a lot of open-mindedness and all of that. So once I started traveling and encounter 
you know, amazing people like you, it just, it really did help me start to see, and even through the years, that there really is a gap there. And you really need heroes on the front lines of, of a movement like this. And man, we wholeheartedly support you in what you're doing and super proud of the impact you're making that I know you're gonna see it in your day, but I believe that it will reverberate through generations and decades and decades upon decades to the people who may never get to meet you, but the impact that you're making and what Ad Color's doing is special and unique. So way to go. Super proud. Thank you. I mean, the, you are part of this journey for sure. Both of you are part of this journey. And Chris, you haven't always agreed with me, um, <laughs> and which is, we, we haven't always agreed. And we, sure. you and I created a safe space to share each other's perspectives, which influences my perspective and understanding. And you've always given it to me straight. I've always given you back my truth. And having that discourse over the years in almost like a big brother mentor capacity has been invaluable to my walk and my journey. Wow, cool. Thank you. That's so cool. That's awesome. All right, Christina, we would love to know, what's the biggest risk you've ever taken? Take us there, kind of talk us through it and how it turned out on the other side for you. Well, I have to say the biggest risk was stepping into this role that I'm in now. Um, I was in a completely different role about five years ago. I was working at one of the best companies in my industry, one of the most creative shops. I was a producer and, you know, I was working on those marquee clients like Nike and Delta and doing some of the best work of my life. But these passion projects on the side kept creeping in and was increasingly demanding my attention and my heart. And I came to this point where I was like, can I take on this passion work in diversity and inclusion in advocacy? Can I do it full time? And when I started to explore that, the risk was, I I know this job that I'm doing. I'm good at it. I've built these relationships and I have this credibility. And the fear of stepping into this other role that was a lot more nebulous, that had a vague trajectory that might pay me less. That was the risk. That was the moment. But I was able to kind of move into this position and rebuild those relationships and build that credibility and, you know, position myself to be a part of what's going on now. This critical moment in our country where there needs to be there needs to be inspirational leadership. There needs to be people who are working towards building bridges, not tearing us apart. There needs to be authenticity. There needs to be more inclusion and more voices heard. We need to defend the rights of people whose rights are getting stripped away as we sleep. Mm -hmm. And taking that risk five years ago set me on a trajectory to be in this space right now authentically and working in my passion and my purpose. That's so cool. That's so good. That's what this is all about. Your story is such a great example of that, really inspiring people to find what they're passionate about and then Mm. walk in it fully and confidently. I love that you're doing that. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of fight and grit in that to go, okay, look, this is something I'm passionate about, but also at the same time, I believe this is what my value is and what I'm able to do. And so I think there's people out there who want to take a risk or maybe need to take a risk, and they're looking for some kind of counsel or guidance. What advice would you give to somebody who's kind of on the edge and needs to take a risk? Um, What would you advise you give them to step out and kind of do what they're born to do? Mm. I think risk is our first step towards freedom. Mm, Um, I would recommend somebody who's undertaking something new, stepping out to step out with purpose, 
step out with intention and a plan. I feel in that way that you cannot lose. I think you need to step out with faith and you need to understand that the muscles that you used to in exercise to build your success in this space, most likely that it will be the same muscle that you use is muscle memory. It will be the same muscle you use over here to rebuild relationships, credibility in this space. And that at the end of the day, if you're not able to make it, we're always able to rebuild. That's good. So it's, it's purpose, it's intention, it's a plan, it's faith, and it's leaning into the same muscles that got you the success that you did previously. No, that's so good. You know, um, your journey and story is, is so special. And it really is one of you. If you get knocked down, you, you would always get back up and you keep going <laughs> to where you were going to be a pilot. You know, you were, you were in Michigan from a girl from Florida up in Michigan, freezing to say, I'm going to go fly some planes. But then you you listened to what was going on inside your heart and your head and look around in life and you've, you've pivoted and you made some shifts and some adjustments. And so I want to take a second and talk to us a little bit about probably one of the toughest things you walk through, because when you live this one life well, and you take risks and you dream dreams, you live your life on purpose. And what you said is that if it doesn't work out, you can rebuild, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you walked through a couple years ago through a really tough season when, you're, when your dad passed away. What did you learn from that experience? How did you grow through that? How did you get back up? I mean, I'm sure it's still probably a journey along the way. And I know he was such a big influence in your life to help you be the risk taker and dreamer that you are today. So just, I want to take a second and have you share a little bit of that story, if you would. Well, yes, I think it's, you don't, you really don't have a story worth listening to unless you have adversity and unless you've truly risked and truly lost. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and then the story is the resiliency. Um, I work in the industry of storytelling and no story is a story without adversity. So I really love this question. And there's been many seasons. I think we're all led to believe that success is kind of this like upward trajectory. Mm -hmm. But really, when I step back, it feels more like a staircase, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It feels like up, and then you're kind of plateaued. And then up, and then you're kind of plateaued. That's good. And you don't necessarily know when the next up is coming, but you walk in faith and purpose and you know it's coming. Yeah. But in that kind of staircase journey for myself, there was definitely this overwhelming high of being on MTV and being mm-hmm. on road rules and of thinking that everything from that point forward is going to be like easy and amazing <laughs> and feel like this. Sure. Um, and definitely the plateau was in what's next you know, this energy isn't sustainable. There isn't always going to be cameras on you. There isn't always 20 million viewers. Mm-hmm. The what's next was really unclear. And I had to, at that point, I had to step back and step into, step back as a student, you know, go from being somebody on TV to going back to being a basic student. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had to finish, finish my education and finish the work, which set me on a new trajectory into working in advertising. And I, landed this amazing internship. And I thought, here I am again at that Mm -hmm. point that feels so high. I'm living in New York. I'm being paid to live in New York. I'm working at one of the best agencies. I'm doing this awesome work. And and I get this great job. Again, I hit that plateau of I'm entering the workforce in 2008 during the 
global mm. financial meltdown mm -hmm. and everybody is losing their jobs and the pay is not moving and I'm doing double or triple the work that somebody else will be doing at this level and it doesn't feel good or like there's a way out. And then I step into another position and there's this, this other chance where I want to switch all the momentum. The country's rebuilding, pay is back, and I want to switch into this diversity advocacy space. That's crazy. <laughs> That's just crazy. <laughs> like, hmm, okay. So now I'm here. I'm doing this work. I am I'm starting to see the rewards of your work are not awards, trophies, accolades, or money, that there are other people getting an opportunity to work in this great industry other people who are climbing their career because of you fighting and having their back. The person that fought and had my back was my father. And mm -hmm. he's a person that always left an impression on my heart to go out there and to work and to realize my full potential. And I lose my dad. I'm doing this great work almost because of his influence, because of both of my parents' influence. But I no longer have him as my advocate, as my ally. And while I'm getting all of this attention, you're doing great work. I'm suffering silently inside. So, you know, I share all of that story about the staircase rather than the straight line. The highs can never be too high and the lows should never be too low. And I'm really looking for a balance. And that is definitely found in my conversations with God. That is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, I know that from the years, your influence and those behind you, your mom and dad kind of cheering you on and calling you to greatness has been such a big piece of your life. And it's so important that we have those people. But I mean, when it can be your mom and dad, it's like one of the greatest gifts of all time. And so, man, I, I hope people hear from what you just shared is that this thing really is a journey. This yeah. living mm -hmm. this one life well is a journey filled with all kinds of twists and turns, but it's how we stand back up. It's how we yeah. keep going and do and sense what we were born to do. And so you have just been the epitome of that. So thank you so much for sharing that story. No, oh, thank you for asking. All right, Christina. Well, we like to close out every show by asking our guests three rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Please give okay. it to me. <laughs> okay. So what is a book that's changed your life? What's a discipline or habit that's changed your life? And what's one piece of advice you would give to the younger you? Okay. I'm ready for this. Okay. <laughs> so the, the book, yeah. the book that changed my life was the autobiography of Malcolm X. Okay. That book, I was, I think I was about 19 when I read it, but that was that moment when after reading this book, I felt wow, I think we live in two different Americas. Mm. And I think there's an America where people have their human rights, their civil rights and opportunity and access. And I think there's another America where people are being denied this and denied the opportunity to realize their full potential. And at that point, I think it sparked something in my heart to be a part of the solution, to be a part of creating opportunity for everyone and more fairness and more access to opportunity. Um, and that book, I think that book started it all. That's amazing. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. You asked me about that discipline or habit. This yeah. seems simple, but I, I make my bed every morning. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. I love it. It's, it sounds military and it is military. <laughs> I make my bed every morning and that is the first intention of the day. 
And when I come home, my bed is made. It just, it transitions my day. I even find myself doing it when I'm at hotel rooms. <laughs> hey, that's, so that's all good. <laughs> all right. So then, one piece of advice you give to the younger you. Uh, I would first hug the younger version of myself. <laughs> there you go. That's a good thing. And I would tell her that your difference will one day make the difference. And I would tell her that the things right now that you feel self-doubt and self-conscious and make you feel other and outsider, those are going to be the things that make you stand out and draw people in and show vulnerability. And, you know, I would push away the bullies and I would, I would just lean, hone, hone those differences because I truly believe that in each of us, even now, our differences make the difference. I love that. We are quoting you on that, Christina. Your differences will one day make a difference. That's so mm-hmm. beautiful. That is so great. I love it. I mean, what's great is you've you found your tribe, right? And yeah. you found your, mm-hmm. the people that God's called you to advocate for and love and serve, and you are doing that wholeheartedly, yeah. and we can't thank you enough. Yep. So that being said, there's going to be people who listen to this and go, man, I, I just resonate with what she's saying and i would love to reach out to her maybe give us the url for ad color and then also any way people can get in touch with you because we want to make sure we'll add it all in the show notes but what's the best way to get in touch with you you can join us in this mission in this movement and find out more about us at adcolor.org and for me on social on instagram at C-J-P-Y-L-E, C-J Pyle, and also on Twitter, at C-J-P-Y-L-E. And Instagram is where I have some of my most meaningful conversations on DM. So I look forward to having a conversation with you guys. And I just, you know, we have one life. We need to put purpose at the center. Amen. You nailed it. All right. Well, Christina, we love you so much. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Being an awesome awesome person who's who's really been in the journey of the gravy life for before there was. You've seen the hair get grayer and grayer. (laughs) Hey, I was in San Antonio at the beginning. That's right. You were. You You were dancing at our wedding. To the wedding. I was. Yeah. So awesome. That is awesome. Well. Thanks again, man. You're the best. And uh, keep doing what you do. Thank you, guys. I adore you. I'm here. I'm following your movement. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Well, that was tons of fun. Man, we love Christina. Love Christina so much. We hope you guys enjoyed it as well. And one of the things that we were talking about before we jumped on here is we love hearing from you guys. We're learning so much from these incredible guests that we have the honor of having on every week, their stories and the lessons that they've learned along the way. They're impacting us so much and we love hearing how they're impacting you as well. If you would take a second and email us at jenny at onelife.works or chris. At or one- Chris. Yeah. <laughs> or Chris too. I don't want to leave you out. Chris at onelife.works. We would love to hear what God is showing you through these episodes and how it's impacting your life. Yeah. Cause that's the fuel for us, right? I mean, we sit here behind this microphone we interview amazing people and we're transformed, but our hope and our heart is that your life is transformed as well. So Absolutely. share some love. Let us hear about it and let's continue to change the world together. Y'all we love you so much. And remember you only have one life. Live, live it well. well.